Welcome to BIM Academy's Digital Climate Podcast with me, Andrew Johnson. I'm the Learn Development Lead for BIM Academy, and I've asked some learning and education experts who I admire greatly to chat with me about how we progress the integration of BIM and digital construction processes into schools and higher and further education curriculum. For some time, within the construction industry, we have discussed skills gaps. There is a clear lack of skill in the application of digital construction methodologies among young people at the start of their careers. That is why it is important to educate the benefits of digital working practices and how we apply them to projects from a young age. By introducing digital working methods and practices to our younger generation now, we'll future-proof construction for the next set of innovators and forward thinkers to create even further progressive technologies and have the ability to apply these tools. Businesses are in desperate need of workers skilled in this area, and educators need to realise they have the ability to close the skills gap. I'm Andrew Johnson, the Learn Development Lead at BIM Academy. Today I'm talking to Dr. Noah Salim, Associate Professor in Creative Technologies, Programme Leader for the MSc Building Information Modelling Management in Integrated Digital Delivery, and MSc in BIM and Construction Technologies at Middlesex University, London. Dr. Salib's research interests lie at the intersection of architecture, computer programming, and e-learning disciplines, specialising in 3D digital architecture and building information modelling. Welcome, Noah. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Middlesex University, and the fantastic research areas you're investigating. Thank you, Andrew. I'm very pleased to be with everybody today. Um, I guess I'm in this sweet spot between um, working both in industry and in academia because um, I still also practice architecture. I'm an architect by background. Uh, but um, as you mentioned, my interest lies in this uh, virtualization and digitalization and innovation part of things. So um, for for a couple of decades, I've been working on the digital side of uh, construction, uh, the most efficient processes and uh, procedures in order to do different areas and disciplines of integration of construction together. So even before we started teaching BIM using the, te the terminology, uh, that was really my interest. And now it has expanded to seeing what areas of industry 4.0 technologies that can be embedded within construction, like, for example, using blockchain, uh, big data, automation and robotics, and also uh, digital twins, specifically in heritage, which is an area that I'm currently working on a few grants in at the moment. So, yeah, a very exciting area to be in. No, it is a very exciting area. I... I would say probably my area of interest as well, and it probably stemmed back to a project we were working on within BIM Academy, um, looking at plant equipment and actually digitalizing the information and making it smart um, instead of using telematics. And that was using like artificial intelligence and machine learning. And I'm seeing that at a huge boom at the moment. Are you working on that type of um, sectors and um, interests at the moment? Yes. So um, I am part of our uh, London Digital Twin Hub, 
Uh, and within that, uh, we have several endeavors related to digital twins, but which have started including machine learning as well as part of the data analytics side of the data that is extracted from digital twins. Um, as, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I am especially working on a few projects related to heritage. So we're extracting the data and trying to use machine learning to try to predict uh, best decision-making processes for those assets with their renovation and asset management and things like that. So about education. So over the past decade, the construction industry has undergone a revolution in digital construction with, for example, the introduction of BIM in the whole life cycle of the design and build process. This is a significant level of change for working methods. Has this level of change to bring new skills to the industry kept up with its same pace? Um, I would say not enough. And there are a few reasons for that, actually. I mean, the obvious reason that strikes us is that innovation is growing as at a much faster pace than we are able to upskill the people in industry or graduate enough uh, um, graduates to work in, in the industry. But even with the upskilling and the, you know, like the availability of graduates and so on, there are four main problems that I can see why it is not enough that need radical, not maybe radical, but need serious changes in a way that provide the education. First of all, we, well, in industry, in, in companies, uh, the focus is mainly on, you know, just providing the training and that's not enough. The first thing that needs to be done is identifying gaps what is the gap analysis? What is needed within the organization? Have they assessed the employee's maturity uh, level uh, of, of skill sets properly or not? Uh, without proper identification of that first, no matter what training is provided, which is usually in a sort of MSCQ, you know, MCQ test or things like that, it is not enough. We need to know what we need to apply first before applying it. That's in terms of education. Um, Another problem is that we do not pay much attention to the change management side of things. So we need to have the mindset of the people who are working or are going to work to, to adopt these uh, new methods. Without their uh, readiness to do that, the change management side of things, the training is not enough. Uh, the upskilling is not enough. Another issue as well, which I, I can identify, is that... Um, it's not about the skill sets. It's about the decision making. So even if the skill sets are provided with training or education, how do you do the decision making? What decisions do you take in which context at which times? That's what sometimes we lack in educating people or having them understand what to do. And the last problem which I see is that uh, education, even at universities, not just in industry, is being done in silos. So you find, for example, people who are being trained for the design side, uh, information side of uh, things, without integrating the different people together and having them work on actual practical um, um uh, projects together. So I think all of these together make it a little bit more um, underwhelming for us and not up to the standards that we would want to see at the moment. So you mentioned about innovation and right at the start, I mentioned about like new technologies like artificial intelligence and machine learning. Do you think in further education and even in higher education as well, so in colleges, are they struggling with um, 
rewriting their content or even having the content up to date to actually deliver to these students and industry. Yes, I mean, I mean, we cannot deny that um, as educators, we need to be up to date ourselves in order to write that. And the fact that there are many people who need to be continue, I mean, including myself, every everybody who's uh, who's in this area, we need to be at the at the forefront of knowing what's being produced out there. So being in constant engagement with conferences, congresses, workshops, everything that the um, uh, organizations, vendors, different countries, different continents have to offer. How can we provide that for our students if we're not ourselves upskilled in that? So um, definitely this is one thing that needs to be constantly in mind, uh, the constant uh, update. But do you think there's enough skilled workers in the industry to deliver these new construction methods? Um, no. I mean, we can already see it in uh, the industry with the constant need for the skilled work uh, um, workforce, and there's not enough to fill the demand at the moment. So at what stage do you think we need to introduce these digital skills? There isn't one stage. We need it's a it's it's a lifelong process and uh, of of continuous learning and innovation. So we definitely need to start uh, in the tertiary education um, in um, under uh, sorry in uh, secondary schools uh, to pique the interests of uh, the budding um, talents that are coming out, and then of course undergrad to disseminate the different uh, technologies and uh, uh, have their juices flowing and to to have them. Uh, you know, like provide their own input as well at undergraduate level. But postgraduate level is when we start talking about different management skills, uh, about decision making skills, working on uh, um, collaboration uh, projects and things like that more than the undergrad as well. But even for those who cannot attend a university degree, or a certification, there needs to be in-house continuous professional development, CPD in organizations. Apprenticeships is also another way that a lot of companies are approaching to send their employees to take courses. Uh, we shouldn't also underestimate the um, effectiveness of um, professional body courses, which I uh, provide um, um, uh, courses for as well, and um, knowledge transfer and research. Uh, which is part of the learning process, um, even whether this is in tandem with um, academia or whether it's pure research and development within the companies themselves. But it is a holistic process and we cannot say that it's at one stage or the other. Yeah, I totally agree with, as you mentioned there, it's always best to work towards something. We're seeing some fantastic ones at the moment with the digital boot camps, working with um, Department of Education and they're offering free training. So free training out there as well, but it's all at aimed at level four. So again, that's HMC level four level. But what can we do to provide qualifications at higher and further education level that covers the digital knowledge and skills required to function effectively within industry that is now operating with a digital first perspective? I think the one of the most important things that we need to uh, put in mind is that we need to add additional skill sets. There is a lot of excellent practices out there regarding uh, um, 
construction um, uh, skill sets, like in, in design, in, in services, in structures, uh, surveying, and so on and so forth. But it's the additional skill sets that are needed. And what I mean by that is that we are currently not not everybody, of course, but a lot of people are focusing on a vertical approach versus a horizontal approach. So a vertical approach is is where the um, focus is on that specific discipline and its skill sets. But a more holistic horizontal approach is where there needs to be knowledge about other complementary areas, like, for example, um, the skill sets need to include IT skills for how to include security measures and, and management. There need to be computer science uh, skill sets, for example, coding, programming. Even if the person themselves cannot code, they need to know how their team can code or ask them what to add as automated functions within the graphical or non-graphical information. Uh, business administration skills, these are also very important, even though they are not pure engineering or pure construction skills. One which I really love is the technopreneurship or entrepreneurship skills. That is extremely important because uh, when the uh, practitioners are able to know how to convey their innovative new ideas, how can they perform feasibility studies, commercialization of certain aspects of the work, this is extremely important. That will drive the industry forward without the technopreneurship, uh, it's not going to be driven forward. Another thing as well, which we need to be mindful, especially in this era, is um, how do any kind of training that we produce align with the UN 17 sustainability development goals? And I'm not talking just about the ones where we have um, um, uh, less energy consumption, which are only like uh, two or three. No, I'm even talking about how that affects wildlife and sea life and um, um, health and well-being and poverty. Uh, what we produce in the construction industry affects all 17 and we need to be mindful um, of how anything training that we provide affects each and every one of those. We do that, for example, with our programs now. Also, how is circularity or how could circularity be achieved at the end of life of an asset? Again, that is something that needs to be added. But finally, and... Um, most ignored, in my opinion, is the psychology side of things. How the psychological aspect of the users, um, the social importance of the social data that's collected, and how is it analyzed uh, from uh, from um, related to usage of assets, that again is not being taught, definitely. So all of these issues that I mentioned are very important as additional skill sets uh, to the main core that are being taught mainly nowadays. No, we're, we're seeing this now. Actually, we've been introduced um, to do guest lectures. And in, in areas that even like computer science now, we've been asked to do um, guest lectures on BIM. But also as well, we're seeing more and more in the curriculums that they're now bringing in computer science into like construction and project management um, and using 
like the likes of Python for automation and so on like that within. But yeah, we're seeing lots of different changes there, like you were saying. One area that we have brought into our content, and you mentioned it very well, is that sustainability development goals there. And we're covering them and looking at the key ones that cover within construction, also looking at um, within the environment, looking at smart cities, how they'll fit in with smart cities and so on. But yeah, very, very important. And I think they're mapped very, very well where you're looking at um, the roadmap to 2030 um, that was released in 2020. Yeah, well, one thing which you mentioned as well that I'm noticing is that we are getting uh, graduates from other degrees, computer science degrees, for example, who are joining our BIM programs because of this close relationship now between all of these disciplines together. Absolutely. Well, we've been delivering the digital boot camp and we've just finished cohort five, which was a couple of weeks ago. Um, on that cohort five, that there was one person that was from the architectural background. We had one person coming from housing. We had one person coming from chemistry, all different um, sectors and different industries looking and just saying, well, it seems exciting to come and work in the built environment. And um, so, again, these digital boot camps are definitely working and attracting people to come over. But also as well, we've, of course, got to give that engaging content and making sure that we can actually catch them and keep them <laughs> within this industry as well. So I, I've seen a couple of uh, uh, people from oil and gas as well who used uh, the uh, BIM management skill sets because, of course, oil and gas has built assets that within that industry, even though it's not necessarily construction industry. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's some exciting sectors. I'm, I'm waiting. We've got Dogger Bank, which is going to be the largest wind farm in the world off um, the northeast coast. Um, I'm just waiting for that, especially probably on the operation and maintenance side. I do think they could actually really introduce BIM and the processes to really do well within that industry. So going on from what you were saying, Andrew, um, one of the things that um, um, is, is an excellent initiative as well that um, other universities like ourselves are starting to have like um, a virtual presence inside um, several uh, 3D virtual environments, for example, like Second Life or something like that, where mm -hmm. you have, uh, where you build actual buildings inside there, the students actually feel like they're home inside there, it's their own space. And uh, one of the things that we've been doing, for example, inside there, which, which, which is fantastic, not just us, but other universities as well, is use um, coded um, avatars, bots that you can actually put a program inside and they initiate um, um, uh, a task or a role play uh, scenario for the students to engage in with objectives and results and um, outcomes that appear to them when they do something right or something wrong. So the actual engagement in real life scenarios inside their using uh, programming are absolutely phenomenal. So that is something that has also been picking up lately, especially with COVID as well. Yeah, I've seen some right, a really exciting work with New College Durham and um, one of the colleges up here. They've got a, like an Internet of Things suite and it's fantastic. It's um, they've got everything. I think every computer has virtual reality, but they've also got the mixed reality and they're doing they've got a construction site at the moment. And he actually modeled that and worked with mixed reality. 
So using HoloLens, you were actually walking out and they were actually, the students were getting questions and they were coming up there in mixed reality. And it was all to do with their like surveying or it was all to do with profile boards, if it was setting out and so on. And it was fantastic that you're using this mixed reality and um, to see this on a live site really as well. But yeah, I, I do, I, I get excited with all of this new um, technology and so on. I think my children do as well. And they always think I'm going to buy into it. <laughs> Hence what we talked about earlier about the change management side of things, my, changing the mindset of who is accepting this kind of um, training and going forward. Yeah. So just to finish off with, Noah, um, what would you like to see happen next? Well, um, there are a few things that I guess we've touched on that I would like to see happen. Like, for example, uh, if anyone is to start creating any training program, uh, I think it would be really useful for them to do a gap analysis first, assess the current skill sets available, the current resources, um, with, with what level of maturity they're at for the people involved, and hence target uh, the uh, the training based on the optimal business needs of that particular organization, not on sorry on, on their target needs, not on the optimal, not on on the overall best, but on what's actually needed. Another thing which I I think can be uh, very useful as well is to have more MOOCs out there. You know those massive open online courses. Uh, we do see some of them, especially coming out of um, the US. But it would be really good if there if there could be a collaboration between uh, educational institutions and they could provide um, several of these MOOCs out for free for industry. This would be an excellent way to disseminate. Um, courses that are being done in in an um, in an educational setting out there for people who who do not have the ability to go and 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 do that in the education institution themselves. Um, also, the focus on the horizontal skill sets vertical versus the vertical skill sets that I was talking about earlier. All of those additional complementary skill sets that need that are needed in construction. Uh, of course, the alignment with the UN 17 SDGs, circularity, um, and I guess finally to start seeing how we can teach social data analysis and inclusion of psychology. So I guess it's a it's a mix of the things that we've said before, um, but hopefully if if there is enough focus given on that, then uh, the skill sets should be more tailored to the needs in industry. No, I totally agree with you there. I do think that um, we do need to concentrate on soft skills as well, like emotional intelligence and so on, as well, and bringing all of that, especially what change is happening. Um, and we're seeing that in the economic um, at the moment and all witnessing what how all these changes are going to affect us in the future. But no, I totally agree with that. And I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat today. So thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. I think we've got very similar interests and I do think the future is going to be quite exciting for what it's going to bring. And as well to um, this future of learning to all of the academia and industry. So again, thank you very much. And Noah, it's been brilliant. Very much, Andrew. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs>